0: brother welcome back to the to the podcast here i hear we've got competition now there's going to be a, a a a brand new podcast by yourself oh. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about Hardly that competition a- no no well, not competition at all the, the more the merrier collaboration but, uh, let's go with that let's go with yeah. that yeah so no <laughs> tell us uh well actually we should just back up a bit here because we know each other quite well but this might be the first time that anybody's tuning into the podcast and they may not know Corey mckenna and uh the cross current ministry so why don't you just give a brief uh recap synopsis on what you do why you do it and uh how you got started
1: yeah for sure cal thanks for that um yeah after after many years i, I was a pastor since 2002. Uh, and an evangelist in the local church since about 2007. And uh, those those experiences, I would say, on some level, some expertise sort of converged and uh, stepped out in faith in 07. And uh, founded the cross current ministry which is really an equipping ministry with and for the local church and mm-hmm. and we have the tag equipping by example first uh, Corinthians 11 one is kind of my life verse which says uh, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ or be imitators of me as I'm of Christ so the cross current really equips the church by example to normalize sharing the gospel and so the equipping evangelist is something quite new um, that's sort of the term maybe we can get into a little bit but we would uh, we would say in Ephesians four there's actually a a God-given gift or role that emerges uh, in the local church where it talks about God gives, Jesus gives Mm -hmm. pastors and teachers and evangelists to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's a discipleship focus there. And so an equipping evangelist is not someone who just shares Jesus, which is the work of of the evangelist, which is wonderful. We all need to do that. Yeah. An equipping evangelist is one who uh, God gives the church, the local church, to multiply ministry in and through the believers there uh, by equipping them to share the gospel, and so that's that's what this is about for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, just uh, as people are listening in here, I would just encourage them to understand. I, l- I always loved your tagline, you know, equipping by example, because uh, I- I've seen you share the gospel at the, at the drop of a hat uh, many, many times, and I always say, yeah, y- you know, you want to get around Corey McKenna, he-, he shares the gospel more times in a month than most people do in, in their lifetime. <laughs> right. uh, so it's uh, it's good. Um, people can learn a lot from from your ministry. So, well, you know, we've had a year of uh, of COVID here. And I think everybody's kind of trying to, you know, measure what's going to happen. Are we going to go back to normal? Is there going to be a new normal? Just what is going on? And of course, that's playing out all across the world. Different mm-hmm. countries seem to be responding different ways. We're seeing the church respond in different mm-hmm. ways. There's all sorts of different opinions out there and stuff like that. But overall, I would say that many people have been exposed to the truth that the, the church overall has just not been sharing the gospel that much, to be honest.
1: Yeah, Cal, I I just uh, kind of explain it like this. It's as though uh, uh, God in his providential wisdom, somehow, some way, you know, he sends this um, this category 10,000 hurricane across the planet mm-hmm. and, uh, and it, it exposed foundations, uh, familial foundations, ministerial foundations, church foundations. Yep. And I think we all go, oh my goodness, we got to strengthen the foundation. And part of that exposure Has been the fact that our Christian witness has not been uh, honoring to God, and I think we all have to come to that conclusion if we're going to uh, move forward and um, and see a a different uh, sort of a different situation out of this. For sure,
0: yeah. I mean, I've I've said for many many years, you know, if I were to get up on a Sunday morning, which I never do this, of course, but if I were to get up and just say, hey, you know, how many people here have shared the gospel in the last month with a family, a friend, or whoever. Um, three months, you know, six months. I, I mean, we know the stats. We know from just talking to people that most people just don't do that on any regular basis. Now we've all been shut down for so long. Um, lines of communication uh, have been, been shut down and stuff like that. People looking for revival need to understand that Um, if, if the word of God's not being shared, if the love of Christ isn't being proclaimed, uh, you know, and, and the law and, 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 and grace being shared with, with people, how is there going to be a revival? Like, should we just like, you know, record a YouTube video and share the gospel and, and hit, you know, post that, and then, then we're all good. Or should we really rethink what we've been doing even up to this point and what we need to do in the future? Um. And that gets us to the the whole topic of the gospel reset and uh, the book that that uh, Ken Ken wrote and uh, came out a couple of years back and then of course the evangelism curriculum that you crafted uh, right around that uh, that title so
1: yeah absolutely And just to, to circle back to something you just said about what we've been doing uh, it, it is really simple math uh, faith comes from hearing the Word of God mm-hmm. and um, if we we're sharing the Word of God with uh, with our families with our friends Friends or neighbors, um, then we're not going to see any kind of growth. So everyone's talking about we want revival, and uh, we all want revival. I would say yes and amen. We want revival, right. um, but revival comes through sharing the gospel. That's how God in His again in His wisdom, that's how He has organized um, uh, becoming born again to happen. Faith comes from hearing. So you're right. If 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 you stand up and ask that question. It's a very simple math. Who has who share the gospel in a month? Or yeah. Six, if no one's sharing the gospel, then that group of people, that's the end for that group, that group of people. Right. Once those people be with Jesus, then that church ceases to exist because the goal is not just being a disciple. The goal is actually making disciples. And sort of the first phase of that is preaching Christ. We preach the gospel. People come to faith. We make disciples. But if those things aren't happening – Right it's just simple math we're just gonna see it disappear now the gates of hell will not prevail don't please don't hear what I'm not saying <laughs> we we know we know that Christ will build his church and so there's hope in that but but as as far as our responsibility mm. it's really important that we just just share Jesus well it, it, I mean to bring it into a human or, or a physical
0: analogy it's like procreation it's like you know <laughs> if you said you know how many people here are are uh, you know, exercising their uh, <laughs> their meritable rights. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, y- y- you know, and how many people plan on having children, and nobody's doing that, then you're not going to reproduce. So, and, and even to bring that into another analogy, the church is not even somehow able to share the gospel effectively with people within their own families. We know that you've got seven out of 10 young people from Christian homes, and by the time they're age 13, if they're going to to state-run schools, most of them have a huge challenge between what the Bible says and what science supposedly proves, and it's this barrier to the gospel, and can you really trust the Bible,
1: and and all of these things. So, Yeah, the stats are plummeting in the under-30s. Right. Plummeting. Yeah. And let's – let's be honest if that group is not part of the worshiping church it doesn't take long one generation even in scripture we see this this pattern
0: yeah i mean that is the future of the church the next generation so if they are plummeting then the future of the church is plummeting, etc and to just you know stand behind those those promises that god gives it's like yeah god will build his church maybe he's building it in china maybe he's building it but do we want to see it built here i'm mm-hmm. a canadian you're a canadian we live in canada we've been called to ministry in canada and so what about our culture so to speak what about our the next generation here in canada that's who we're called to equip mm-hmm. so so maybe you know we need to ask the question why aren't people sharing the faith because i think if you ask the average believer and said what well, you know you you've you've experienced this transformation in your own life you know what it's like without jesus you know what it's like with jesus pick one right mm-hmm. um and and so of course they want to share the gospel why aren't they doing it i've Got some answers, obviously. That's Working a good with question, in Genesis, and, and <laughs> certainly
1: when when uh, when the Lord opens up doors, you know, there's sort of two aspects of sharing the biblical gospel. There's the gospel itself, uh, and obviously sharing that biblically and accurately. But then there's the aspect of of having the assurance we are Christian, and and I think when we get into that second sort of part of that, and we we talk to people who claim to be Christians, and they're not sharing the gospel. You just said something that's really profound and important that I don't want people to miss. The question is, do you have desire to share the gospel? Because we we tend to ultimately do what we desire to do. I mean, if I if I have a strong enough motivation, it's gonna happen, right? So I, I think we, we do have to we don't want to be sort of um, sort of uh, light about what you just said there. We want to make sure folks have desire because we can talk about fear and that's a real thing. We can yep. talk about, you know, intimidation. We can talk about, you know, maybe tools. I don't have the tools to do this. You and I both know, Cal, we've, we've been at this a long time that we can give people the best training We can give them a driver's manual, right, with all the distances and all the road signs. We can even offer to take them out and teach them to drive. But if they just don't want to do that, they ain't getting in the car. They ain't getting in the car. And so (laughs) I I think people listening have to square that up with the lord yeah do i have the desire is god's glory worth it is is the uh is the is the fate of the lost that big of a concern to me because scripture says knowing the fear of the lord we persuade men Um, when we fear god most the fear of man i think kind of dissolves right before our very eyes and i mean a healthy fear of god so there, there is a deep dive necessary there maybe this is not the time for that but um, yeah no but we I, do I, have great tools for this but
0: yeah i definitely agree i do think there are many believers that i've encountered and they ex- express a lot of frustrations i think we need to understand that we've been i mean we've been into this for a long long time so i'm just talking about average people i'd meet at a church or whatever and and so maybe you can speak into this because you got you've got more experience but you know they'd say well you know I've, I've talked to my family and friends and i've talked to them about jesus and a lot of them aren't interested at all um th- th- there just seems to be a wall that shuts down there it, it almost comes to the point where if i bring it up then conversation is immediately shut down so they they almost feel like boxed in yeah or, or they, they've or had a
1: conversation that went deep south and now what do i do i mean ex- how, how many times have we all done that exactly we've
0: mm-hmm. all I, I think we've all um you know <laughs> would like to have a replay or a mulligan on, yeah. on many of our conversations <laughs> or a reset a let's reset. go there well let's, let's go that's there the whole thing and and so let's go there mm-hmm. because i think they've they've tried what they think they know to do um, so they've, I don't know, laid out a couple of spiritual laws on somebody, or uh, you know, they quoted John three sixteen, <laughs> what sure. whatever the, their uh, version of evangelism was, and it quote unquote didn't work. And so what we're encouraging people to do is take a take a look and say, okay, yeah, but it, would would you like to replow that ground? Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was cold and it was hard and it was stony and there was a lot of thorns and it just wasn't working. Are you open to taking a second look and say, right. okay, maybe there's there's something here in Scripture we can look at that can provide you a way to 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 do this over again and mm-hmm. to try again? Yeah, because I think a lot of people are just like, well, I keep throwing the seed; it just bounces off that, that stone hard, you know, yeah. rocky ground, and I don't know what else to do. I, I I've heard so many people um, say to me things like, I try to engage in conversation with people, and and it's just like there's just no desire to even go mm. there.
1: Ap- I always say apathy is the enemy of both evangelism and discipleship. Right. There's not much we can do. Let okay, so let's let's go with this then. I love the illustration because we actually use the uh the that sort of uh, agricultural um, metaphor that Christ uses about seed sowing and seed watering and yep. so let's let's sort of let's sort of frame this up conversationally with sure. that metaphor. I think it's a wonderful way to go. So let's talk about tilling soil. Yep because i think you're spot on um even in one decade cal it it is amazed me how the um the openness of of culture talking about people in the community you know sort of a walk-up conversation with a stranger on the street here in our town or even in toronto or wherever i'm amazed as to how quickly the soil has gotten very, very hard. Now, right. it, it was hard before because I think there's been a lot of years without consistent gospel sharing. Mm-hmm. But but I think a lot of people would say, wow, that, that's true of my family and friends too. The soil's become very hard. And so how do you till that soil well there's a little i'm just going to show this tool now that you don't need this tool but this is this this tool really does sort of package in a in a compact way the three big questions Mm -hmm. so you and i have been asking these for years yep. they're not new we didn't yep. think of them paul certainly intimates these questions in acts chapter 17 which is uh, really what gospel reset evangelism is based upon mm-hmm. uh, so if you if you come into contact with someone who's got a church background they've had sunday school growing up they've sort of you know you may, maybe need maybe just straighten their tie a little bit on christian things go with the acts 2 approach man i mean you you've got your bible open it up do the romans road go for it nothing yep. wrong with that that's not the majority of Western culture. The, ma- the majority of Western culture is an Acts 17, Greek thinking, yep. secularized, humanized, right? They, yep. they're, they're products of, you know, the, the education system, et cetera. So their foundation is much, much different. And anyone listening, I wouldn't assume that those who have grown up in and around the church— have a biblical foundation. Correct. We're seeing in the culture, all these social issues pop up and, and it's kind of the irony of they're standing on a foundation, right? Uh, they're, they're, they're wanting things and saying things, but the foundation, evolutionary foundation, it doesn't even make sense with what's coming out of their mouth. That's right. You're their beliefs up. and their behavior are disconnected. So what these questions do, these till soil. Right. So how would I use this? So the three big questions, uh, Paul intimates these again in Acts 17, where do we come from? What's the meaning of life? What happens after we die? Right. And so I exclusively use these questions now with family, friends, or with uh, you know with uh, strangers in the street.
0: Yeah, they're they're ubiquitous. So they to speak. are. So they are rattling <laughs>
1: around every person's heart and mind anyway because right. we're image bearers of God. So we're all wondering: How did this whole thing start? Mm-hmm. What am I here for? Where am I going when we die? We know there's the, these are realities we all wrestle with so these are three great questions for tilling soil for getting a sense of where that person's at but what does it have to do with spiritual things everything everything because on the heels of this so i may ask someone hey i'm talking to a family member a friend hey could i ask you just what i call the three big questions i'd love to just kind of get your 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 input on these sure yep. uh, what do you think ha- how should, should say uh, uh, where do you think we came from were we created were we evolved? What do you think happened? And they'll tell you. Yep. What do you think is the meaning of life? Why are we here? Uh, and then uh, what happens after after we die? Does my life affect my forever? And on the heels of that, just to kind of build a bridge to a conversation, which would be sowing seeds. We're tilling soil right now. We're getting a sense of where they are. Yeah. I might say, do you think your faith in the past has any impact on your fate in the future? Mm. Do you think what you believe with the past has any bearing on what happens after you die? Do you think questions one and three are even remotely related? Right. And of course they go, no. They always say no. Really? You know that couldn't be more untrue. <laughs> of course. My goodness, right? Yeah. So what we could really do is we can really now just sort of like pick their brain on question one a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that, that leads to great conversation. And so I think that's a great uh, seed uh, should say soil tilling tool, if I could say it that way. But in terms of the conversation, what what gospel reset evangelism really suggests and strongly suggests is to just clear the table and sow the seed. Have a conversation, mm-hmm. set the date, get the training, have the conversation, sow the seed, and then start watering the seed for as long as it takes. Uh, there's so many ways you can do that. If you messed up before apologize for that be honest about that i am so disappointed with with how that went last time whenever that was and i would just love to share with you the story of how and why i became a christian i'd love to just you know i respect you i love you yeah um can we don't just want have to a offend of you <laughs> don't want to offend you just want to have a cup of coffee and just share the story yeah. cal i have never had anyone say no to that it just happened the other day um walking our dog and uh, there's a neighbor, yep. and uh, the neighbor, you know, he's he's seen the uh, the, the cross current rap on my little Kia Soul. He's, right. He probably hit the website and he went, "Oh my goodness, One all of the things I've said to this guy." And he's a minister. <laughs> oh no, right? And so I, I said to this guy, "Precious, precious man," uh, I said, uh, "Hey, why don't we get together?" And I'll tell you the story. I'll just tell you the story of how I became a Christian. I mean, it'll yep. it'll blow your mind. Absolutely, because this is the opportunity for the salt and light that we talk about so much right. to actually lead to sowing seed. Mm-hmm. Salt and light, in and of itself, doesn't save anybody. Right. We need to sow seed. So, I I love your I love your metaphor because I think if we can till till the soil with some thought-provoking dialogue with some introspective questions like those three big questions get people thinking a little bit yeah you know you've done this with someone who cuts your hair and boy those questions get you thinking because you're already thinking about them but then we can just invite them into a a cup of coffee at a time and place this isn't just like what i call water cooler witness or soundbite soul winning there's a danger in just you know giving people a little zap of something without sharing the whole story, there really is. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I have no problem. You know, I'm driving around rural uh, Ontario sometimes, and you see kind of those old school signs with the Bible, and then there's just a Bible verse. Love those. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But f- so many people are are basically immunized to that right so it's like Christianity is almost like as soon as they hear the phrase or they see a church or whatever it's just like oh that means did did. they already have a definition of, of yeah 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 that's that bible thing that's mm-hmm. that's old school it, it doesn't mean anything to them so they're, they're basically ignoring that so it's like drive by evangelism where you spurt something out and you hope it sticks or whatever what, what you're talking about is if you have any kind of relationship or you can build any kind of relationship sit down with somebody this is the most meaningful
1: conversation conversation you can have with a human being that's right and that first conversation cal just to take the pressure (laughs) off you're not poking them about a bunch of stuff we encourage the first conversation to be a very testimonial one now it's biblical we're not just talking about how jesus changed my life we share the gospel Mm -hmm. but we frame it up within our own world within our own testimony and so Mm -hmm. it really lands on this idea of tell the story so how, how do we stop that that holding pattern you're describing where people have been inoculated by all these onesies and twosy verses. The w- verses are wonderful. You and I are encouraged course, by them. Yeah. Christians are encouraged yeah. by them. Non-Christians, you're right, they just keep driving. Yeah. Um, what's really important is instead of just shopping the centerpiece of the puzzle, I think it's important that we show them the box lids so that they see how that verse fits with the whole of that's scripture that's what it looks like all together
0: right instead of just telling me this one
1: part right and that's what this meeting will do we we basically land on tell the true story teach the gospel through your testimony and uh and then take the time take mm-hmm. as long as it takes and uh and we're really, really determined to what I call set the table. Um, you and I have a, a sales background. And, and once upon a time, we heard this uh, sort of phrase that whoever asks the questions doesn't control the conversation. Now, we're not trying to control conversations, but we are trying to direct them meaningfully. Yeah. And so we, I, I simply um, at the end of those, those coffee meetings, I would say something like, uh, are you okay if we keep in touch about stuff like this? Not going to bug you about it, but but hey, could we maybe once a month, could we get back together? And just continue the conversation whatever's going on in the world you process it through your lens i will through my lens and we'll just sure love one another through this crazy life we're living yeah. right and what are you going to say no of course they're going to say yes
0: yeah you're, you're talking about setting the table and of course i'm quite aware of your uh, you know your the the curriculum and all that kind of stuff and and how you you approach it very humbly with the person and just say hey listen you know I, I respect you um you know your little little notepad uh, thing where you you kind of jot down if you've got any fears about talking to this person why don't you write that down and then you the, the can sticky share, note we
1: call that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and you sure. can
0: just say hey listen I understand you're a very intelligent person or wh- whatever you know I I don't. I, I may not have all the answers. Um, I don't want this to affect our relationship. Like obviously, we're gonna disagree, but we can agree to disagree, you know, agreeably and all that stuff. And you set the table so that when you sit down and you come to blows, Ideologically, so mm-hmm. to speak. And you will. And you will. Because if they're not a Christian, I mean, there are Christians that don't get along. Unbelievers
1: alone, don't believe what you believe. Exa- That's why they, we call them that, right? <laughs> exactly.
0: And then don't be offended <laughs> right. when they don't have the same viewpoint as yourself. You can kind of, in a sense, disassociate yourself. I, I love the verse. I can't, I'm not that bible first guy but where it just says you know i'm not judging the world i I mean we judge within the church as in Uh hey we judge righteous judgment this is what christ has commanded us this is how we can tell when we're off the path and we are in shepherd's iron and all that stuff but i don't look to the world and go wow i i think they should think like i do and i think they should think biblically i expect them not to and i'm not offended when that's right you know i mean i've been around pretty Offensive people, so have you. You've done street ministry and all yep. that kind of stuff, and you just kind of you know sometimes it, it hurts or bothers you or whatever. But yeah, you need to kind of disassociate and be able to go through that muddy stuff.
1: Um, yeah, and I would say, Cal, that, that that's why it's so so important. I think of of Paul, who was a, a pretty fruitful and faithful evangelist, Paul the Apostle yeah, he seemed, Paul. To, seemed to do pretty good. Well. He did, he'd did okay. And uh, and I remember you know, we, we read in the book of Acts that that um, Paul was the one he's testifying about, I was the one. Uh, by whom they laid the coats when Stephen was stoned. So so Paul had a sensitivity to the fact that, look, I, I get it. Uh, there was once upon a time, I, I thought like you think, I, I was against the faith as well. Yep. I think people who get super, de- Christians who get super defensive against unbelievers, frankly, I think we should be surprised when unbelievers get kind of anything right. If I can be really honest, without the spirit living in them, it's amazing that God allows them to, to maybe to have some amount of fruitfulness in their life i think we want to have more compassion mm-hmm. for those especially people that we know and love family members and friends and neighbors and people that we you know, maybe work out with or, or we you yeah. know well, for sure
0: I, I think the one-on-one conversation uh, as well is so important because it overcomes maybe some of the challenges i hear so he, here's what i have had expressed and what I think is going on based on on some of the, the, the work that I've done. When people try to share the gospel, what a lot of times happens is they get hit with cultural issues because the culture is smashing against Christian values right now like it's never been seen before. Basically, you've got generations now of young people uh, being educated in state-run schools and universities that have been pushing this Marxist ideology, Mm -hmm. to be honest, which is all founded on Darwinian principles, Mm -hmm. right? It's all naturalistic, uh, the attack on the family, all that stuff. It's not just socialism, it is is Marxism at its core. And, And so these two worldviews are completely at odds because Marx actually dissected the Christian ethos and the, his teachings go direct, uh, directly against it. So that you, you're going to come to blows with 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 a lot of people. So you, you go to share the gospel, they hit you with social issues. So what do you believe about the LGBTQ community? Or what about abortion? Or mm-hmm. these kind of things. And of course, with what we do with Answers in Genesis, what we've found is that people go to defend those things and say, well, look what the scripture says. And then uh, to defend those things, you have to go to the book of Genesis. You know, you can quote Jesus saying, Well, God created in the beginning, male and female, and the two become one flesh, but he's quoting Genesis. So then they 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 try to quote scripture to back up what they believe and why they believe it. And then the person says, Well, you don't believe Genesis, do you? Come sure. on, give me a break. What about science and all that stuff? So you got these two tiers now uh that, that you know people are having to to defend, so to speak, and we're to have a defense for the face for for speed of three fifteen says. But if you're in any kind of group setting when this happens, I mean that's that's pretty overwhelming for people. Perhaps you aren't equipped. Perhaps you don't know how to defend your faith. Perhaps you don't have answers, or you're just not. Uh, you know, my wife, for example, she is an incredibly brilliant person. She does not like situations where, well, what about this? What about this? What yeah, about this? Hot it's, seat situations. Whoa, 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 sure. Whoa. Just let me go and think about this for a while yeah. and come back. And those one-on-one conversations, you can just sit there. Somebody hits you with a question you don't know the answer to. You can say, "Wow, that's a great question." I don't have an answer for you maybe next time we get together for coffee if you structure
1: it that way exactly Exactly right and so 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 i will i love what you're saying because i think we've all been there we've all had that sinking feeling of oh my goodness they're asking me something i don't have a clue about yeah um so i'm totally with you and 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 the way again we stop that holding pattern cal in in this curriculum because there are a lot of good questions people have we're not just talking about people who are contentious and quarrelsome and they're quoting the latest dawkins thing or sometimes these are pretty good questions and Um, Absolutely. Right? And these are often very smart people asking good questions. And so uh, to your point, what we encourage folks to do is just to take a deep breath, stop the holding pattern, set the table for future conversation. So I am not saying that we, we shroud ignorance in humility. Wow, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, we should know answers but there will be answers we don't we won't, we won't know right and so uh, so to your point the way that the curriculum suggests is just a just to pattern this out for those who think more linear um, the uh, the homework would involve finding yourself what we call a practice partner so you have a christian one to sort of practice with and you can disciple with these principles but a non-christian practice partner who is that person well someone you already know family member friend neighbor who you could contact ahead of time and say look i'm taking training to learn how to share how and why i became a christian could i take you over a cup of coffee and just practice just share with you what i'm learning right if you have a good relationship, they'll always say yes. They'll always say yes. If five people in a row say no, it's probably you. <laughs> it's probably okay? you. That's, that's a whole other. That's a whole other podcast. Um, but from there, what happens? Oh my goodness! Now, now I've got a, a coffee meeting. Great. So what we do is we give you the tools. Now yeah. you're going to sit down with the person and you're going to say something like this. You know, you're going to use your, po- your your sticky note tactic and the sticky note tactic is what you've said if that person's super smart a lot smarter than you are and there are a lot of people smarter than both of us on the planet right that we're going to say hey um you're going to ask me questions i might not know the answer i might write down can, can you be patient with me until i get answers might write something down whatever it is and and i'll actually when i set the table before a testimony shared before a Bible's open. Yep. I will just check those things off. I'll go over them. Hey, man, I've just got a couple things to square up here. I'm kind of nervous about this. Yep. I mean, I, I don't want this to to mess up our, our relationship. I really do love and respect you. And I'll go over those people. It, everything decompresses. Right, Cards are on the table. And so to your point, Cal, now they are conditioned to realize um, a, I have a question that I want to ask that he might not know the answer, but there will be future conversation. Right. Okay, great. So now we say, but what I'd love to do just this time, and we'll meet again, we'll meet again, is I would love to just sort of share, uh, share the, the, the kind of the narrative of the Bible. It may surprise you uh-huh. what the scripture teaches, and we can, we can address that. And then um, – I'd love to share how and why uh, I became a Christian, how I came into contact with that and 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 uh, and what happened in my life that kind of changed me, and then we can just talk for as long as you want yep. once all the cards are on the table, they will respect you more for being honest yeah um, but you've also you've also again you've 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 set things up for future conversation for what we call seed watering, which is really where apologetics becomes very very important is right. that once you've sown the seed. Um we always say you can't answer an unheard hope. If you're just chirping, you're just arguing, you're not you're not giving a defense for your hope. What's the hope? Share the hope. Who's Jesus the gospel? Yep. Then defend for as long as God will allow, yeah, man. Somebody
0: might say, "Well, I, I, I can't believe the Bible because da, 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 da. Well, then you get into it. But if you've already said, "Well, here's what I believe. Here's why I believe it," and then you have the conversation. You know, I'd, I'd just like to back up to what you're talking about with this whole sticky note thing, and and because it, it's it's been introspective to me. You know, just just thinking back in I don't know how many years of ministry now, twenty years something of ministry, and even just having conversations and stuff with people. You know. This, this whole uh, concept you're talking about needs to be brought to the Lord in prayer, right? That You're not just writing stuff down on a piece of paper to say to the person. You, you've you got to like humbly before the Lord say, wow, you know, I'm going to go talk to Joe. This is really important, Lord. Uh, he is a smart person or she is a smart person or wh- whoever you're talking to. Um, I don't want to blow this, this relationship, all that kind of stuff. And recognize that it's a human uh, kind of weakness mm-hmm. so that if they do hit you with something that Maybe you find a little offensive, mm-hmm. or or is a really good question against the faith, as in I, you don't know an answer, and perhaps it, you know it causes you to go, oh yeah, I never thought about that before. Uh, a a a weakness that often happens is like you hit me with a question I don't know the answer to. I'm gonna like retaliate with something. Well, yeah, well, what about
1: this? And exactly.
0: I, I, you know, you're starting. All of a sudden, you're, you're you're swinging punches
1: like absolutely. And you yeah, know. what you're saying that maybe I never thought of uh, quite this way is this has also been healthy for me because it takes my gospel witness from just this sort of like you know press play and I parrot something, press play and I parrot something. Right. That kind of that kind of mentality that, you, that these are just sort of they're faceless folks that you're just you're just getting it out getting it out getting yeah. it out and a, a lot of evangelists i think have a really wrong mentality about gospel witness right what this does a lot does, of apologists a lot of I apologists as well and we'll get there way. i'm sure um but what this really does is is it um, puts me in a humble place of seeking the lord about the the contours and the 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 rich history and and my hope for that particular person Mm. that hopefully as I'm prayed up and I'm prepared, I'm going into the conversation with my friend, Ron, really conditioned from the heart to share this with Ron. I just know that that God's so kind that when Ron asks me a question, I won't just lash out because I'm prayed up and I will probably hear what's behind the question. How often? Yeah, I hope you're not one of those blankety blanks. Well, clearly they've had an experience that they're voicing to you as a concern. Right. And nine times out of ten, it's a pretty legitimate concern. I might have the concern too from their perspective. So yeah. what you, I've, I've never thought of that, but I've seen that to be true now that you sort of say it that way, whether it's questions and answers or whether it's just my heart for that person's, their own experience. Because one one thing we don't get into a whole lot is is often uh, I will have, I will actually book two cups of coffee. The first one is to give them opportunity Right to share with me their answers to those three questions. It's sort of a separate thing, yeah. And and we get into their spiritual views because question three will do that whether yeah, yeah. they have none or nor, their mind or whatever. Question one often does too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Question one does too, and um and so I'll often do do two that way. Uh, I can think of um uh, of one relative um that that I have that I did that, and it really allowed me to, if you will, customize meeting two. Mm because i've heard their concerns i've heard their background i've heard their view on evolution i've i've heard their view on the meaning of life and i'm i'm able to as any faithful communicator i'm able to be considerate of what they're saying and kind of build that into our conversation and in a sense i overcome their objection because i already know what it is yep. through my testimony i'm not i'm not talking about being you know insincere and, and forcing stuff in but odds are Odds are I had some similar hangups yeah. that I can testify to. Yeah, I mean the the whole
0: thing is to be purposeful. I mean Absolutely. you you can sit and down personal. With, yeah, and y- personal. you can sit down and chat with somebody uh, for a long time and really not really discuss anything important, and that's fine. Your relationship building or whatever, but it's not fine in the sense that if if this is your one kick at the can, so to speak, or, you know, this is an opportunity for you to actually share the gospel. And you have gone through this preparation and stuff like that. We don't want to get sidetracked on, hey, you know, the person's a big NFL fan or they really like cars or what—that That's fine. But you're there to share the gospel and to really talk about spiritual things. And I think that they probably have a ton of people in their life that are probably NFL fans that they can chat with as well or whatever their thing is. You know what I'm saying? They're into hockey or whatever. So why don't we be that person that talks to them about deep, rich, meaningful things that perhaps they don't get a chance? Because I think I have had those experiences and I think you have too, where people are like, man, I I really like talking to Corey. Like there's something different there. And I'm not just talking about, you know, because you wear a you know what would jesus do uh, right wristband there is actually something different about because the way you interact and you're thoughtful and you're thought provoking and you seem to really care about something beyond uh, just right. getting together and having a beer with them or, or something like that it, it means a lot more to them than yeah. what they're getting from
1: the world i think it's because we address matters of the heart right we, we're just leaning into the fact god has wired them in his image they are eternal beings right um God said eternity in the hearts of people. Yep. And all as we're doing is I think we're stewarding those opportunities well. And here, here's what's key, and if I it just while this is on my mind. And and um, to ensure that that things continue on that trajectory, Cal, it's so, so important that we do our best to leave the door open open Mm. you know you hear this whole thing about well you know throwing pearls to swine or you don't want to bruise the fruit and you have to have the timing right i i have a little bit of a different understanding of that i believe we need to sow the seed anyway regardless even if the timings off i understand most people come to faith in crisis that's that's not untrue i get that but for me, um, I, I've seen huge advantage in, in my own life and witness that that when I take the time to sow the seed, even even if it doesn't seem God is drawing them or they're super interested in future conversation, if I sow the seed and leave the door open, the seed has been sown. A, if that person dies, they've heard the good news. That's that's important. They've mm-hmm. got the the knowledge of Christ and the gospel in them that's very very important just in the big picture, but also when that crisis comes I'm two steps ahead Mm. because when they want to talk to me they've got rattling around in their head that Corey shared something pretty big and important so now they're often they're they're way further along for the watering even if at the time it didn't seem as though uh, as though they were interested. Uh, I would add to that too. I, I remember we were in Niagara Falls doing some um, some filming for, um, for for an evangelism sort of program we were doing. There was this young man, his name was Dan, and Dan was probably 20 years old. He had his shirt off and he was just you know, just just <laughs> being crazy in the falls, and and um and someone asked Dan, would you be interviewed by by uh, by Corey over here about uh, about uh, life and death and and, and um, spiritual things? And the guy was a, a clown the whole interview. I'm thinking, what a colossal waste of time! Right. After I walked away, a, an hour later, I saw Dan standing uh, with our group asking for a Bible. What in the world happened? Right. Only God knows what happened. Yeah. So I think we got to be a little careful that we don't prejudge people. yeah. And that sounds very ironic come from the lips of a Christian. Uh, it? But we gotta be very careful that we don't play God and that I don't know what they're going through ultimately. Right. Sow the seed, just sow the seed. Mm-hmm. Quit overthinking it, yep. sow the seed. So everything we've been talking
0: about here is being purposeful with evangelism. And I think what this whole last 12 months has, has shown is that I believe the church had some very basic understandings of what sharing the gospel was, and perhaps this is too broad a brush, but people can make their own judgments. I think Western Christianity was like, okay, um, I'm going to invite my friend to church. The pastor's going to speak from, from the pulpit. He's going to share the gospel. Hopefully they get saved, or I'm going to invite them to you know, the church barbecue or whatever like that. Somebody else is going to do the thing. And You know, pastors were hoping that people would invite people to church so they could just preach the gospel. But how many churches do you see where the pastor himself is out sharing the gospel all the time Mm -hmm. and that their congregation can learn by example from? Right, because a lot right. of church leaders are like, "Well, I, I'm a pastor. I, I got to prepare my sermon. I, I, I got to, you know, visit the people in my church. And I, I, I you know, I've, I've I share the gospel with a couple of people in my my local circle, but they're not going out and doing a lot of really purposeful gospel ministry because mm-hmm. they've got other ministry they're thinking they've got to do. And so you've got this. Well, now look what's happened last year: many churches just not open. Right. Many churches um, doing Zoom calls. Many churches." So so that whole system isn't working mm-hmm.
1: in my, my yeah, estimation. Yeah, I mean, I, I would politely say, having been a pastor myself, Cal, so I've worn those shoes. I'm not judging pastors. Mm-hmm. I'm just encouraging them to think about this a little bit. Yeah. That if you are expecting the 90-minute meeting on the weekend to accomplish all those objectives, someone's getting ripped off. You got it. Either the Christians, because it's it's obviously too too centered on the non Christians, and that's a whole other discussion. Yep. Or it's it's for uh, it, it's for trying to to accomplish all the evangelistic objectives, and the, the challenge is people aren't coming. That's right. So you have no evangelism. Is that exactly. it? Is that the solution? Of course not.
0: Yep. that's that's the whole thing is people aren't coming. If 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 churches would just be honest with themselves and say, okay, how many brand new people walk into a service every Sunday? And am I actually even sharing the gospel? Like sometimes you you hear sermons and the gospel's not really shared. They're expositing a, a certain portion of scripture. Define brand
1: new. Are, are you saying, because I think where we kind of cover our tracks with what you just asked there, I think we say, well, no, 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 we've got like 10 new people a week or we got two new. I think what typically happens is people kind of shift around, right? right? There, there are people shifting from one church to another or, or and this could be positive, there are yep. people who have had some semblance of church background and they're sort of coming back home. That's all good. Right. Right. Well, i would i would question sort of the sheep shifting bit but yeah if
0: you're church hopping then then is it really new people i'm talking about people that have not committed themselves to christ and have you know joined a church body and 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 so on if you've already done that and now you just show up on a different church on a sunday morning that's not what we're talking about so
1: yeah makes sense yeah you're talking you're talking like unbeliever walk-ins right Yeah. yeah that's very 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 true um uh but but we we believe the Bible clearly teaches, Jesus clearly said to go. It's the go and tell, not come and see. Right. Uh, nothing wrong with inviting people to church, but uh, we would say um, th- probably the way to tighten that up some is for you and I personally to take responsibility um, to sow the seed with those people God has providentially surrounded us with, whether it's at the gym or at work or at school or well, yeah, wherever, I, I mean, and you, then invite them to church.
0: Well, you, you, even even saying invite people to church but if people aren't showing up, obviously, people aren't inviting people to True. church. So if they were more purposeful with everything we've been talking about and you're having those conversations, you might get to the point with one of these coffee meetings where you'd be like, hey, you know what? Why don't you come to church yeah. with me Sunday? And, and and if they've had several meetings like that leading it, it's pretty hard to go from zero to hero. I mean, myself growing up pretty much an atheist, I, do you want to go to church? Nope. it was just like well absolutely how how do you get me from from here to there it's like i it's 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 an uncomfortable environment
1: so so my guess is that that people watching right now are pretty overwhelmed it's like oh my goodness this seems like it seems like i'm standing at the base of everest and i don't even have a pick. (laughs) what do i do (laughs) right i get this and and uh recently i was invited to 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 uh to do q a with a small group who had gone through our curriculum right. so this is one of the things we offer if, if a, a group in a church wants to go through it we can actually either whether virtually or on site depending on where they live we i can actually someone from the cross current can can answer questions right. after they go through the training so that's what i was doing this this was by god's grace in person and um socially distance of course uh but we were in person <laughs> and and I could tell it. It sort of took the shape of kind of stump the band, and what I, what I mean by that were musicians. It was sort of like after after a couple of the the typical questions were asked, it was I could see people kind of doing this, and what became very very obvious is people hadn't done their homework. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting with a group of people who were who were theorizing about driving a transport truck in northern quebec but it's certainly never done that (laughs) right so it's just it just came down to stump the band like they're gonna try to ask me something and there was one question that i said okay everyone just stop for a second i've never been asked that question in 15 years of this type of ever so i i just want to ask you guys a are are you saying they were saying things like well what if somebody says correct oh my goodness yeah correct what if someone said this and i'm like oh my goodness i've never had someone ask me that like that's such a an Amazingly weird question, but here's what became obvious. What became obvious was it was just another theoretical course. And so I, I seriously said to them, you know what? Just take it, put it on the shelf, and move on. If that's, if that's how you perceive this training, this training needs to be put into practice. Right. And so I, I think what you and I are, are, are strongly encouraging people to do is to talk to one Let's just let's just let's just like really make this simple. Someone watching right now has one person God has placed in their life providentially. They're a non-Christian, they have a relationship with that person, they can pray for that person, they've been praying for that person. We're saying get the training reach out to one person and have a cup of coffee before your mind races with all the possibility i i'm gonna almost guarantee the questions you think they're gonna ask they're not gonna ask
0: yeah i i would relate it to i mean obviously we're talking about spiritual war warfare here but you know i've done martial arts for years and many times when you're either teaching a self-defense course or or just you know part of the everyday classes you get those stump kind of questions like you know you're teaching a technique or something and then the person's like yeah but what if the person what did if? this <laughs> and you're like okay <laughs> well if? obviously you know when you're doing self-defense or doing sparring there's so so many random things but we're just dealing with this one yeah but what if they pulled a knife well yeah but what if they they had a gun and and you're just like looking at the person going you you, you don't even know how to stand correctly right now and you want to go to what if somebody has a gun and i'd, I'd just say to them well you're probably going to die. Yeah. And they'd look at you like, well, I'm like, if he's got a gun and he shoots you, <laughs> I mean, I know. You, you, well, what if there's an F-16 fighter that's coming in with, with rockets? I mean, you can just, people just go down these trails and, but do you just want to learn how to do this one thing?
1: Exactly. And they, know, they, the fear is really that kind of mental movie we keep playing if, and, if, it what if, what if, and it overwhelms us and it immobilizes us. And in the driving illustration, it's like we want to say just you want to take that gear shift from P to, to, to D and pull it off the curb and then we'll talk. Right. Go do your homework and then we'll talk. Generate some activity and then we'll talk. And right. Cal, I'm telling you, 99 times out of 100, people are so excited that they they obeyed the lord they were amazed at how responsive the person was how how compassionate how thankful yep. they were to hear the gospel and they're amazed as to how they've they've kept that relationship intact true story i uh, i um I was uh, recently, uh, I visited a partner church, and uh, they have a wonder, I'll give a shout out, a church called Pineland Baptist Church in Burlington. Right. Tyrell Haig is his name. He's from South Africa. I could listen to the guy speak the phone book. The accent's so amazing. <laughs> He's a sweet man, loves the Lord, loves his church. I was just hearing his his heart and passion for the town of Burlington. It was amazing. Just a great, great time. And there was a, a sweet lady who greeted me at the door. Who just said thanks so much? I mean, um, uh, I, I I I took this training years ago now. It must have been three or four, and uh, I remember her in the meeting and um, gave the training to the same training, same yep. training, and uh, just been been again. It's been refreshed here, uh, but she told this wonderful story how she had a practice partner and she stepped out in faith finally and sowed the seed and started watering the seed, watering the seed. Another another get together, another get together. Open your Bible, answer the question, fumble through this, fumble through that just getting in process the lady just became a christian and so it was deeply encouraging because it's as simple as that one by one heaven rejoices when one repents why don't we do the same so i understand i have a long list of people that need jesus and so do you yeah one let's focus on one and uh, and see what god does with that one seed sown. yeah right one salvation
0: yeah, because once you, you, once you're actually involved in in the process, learning and reacting and dealing with things, all becomes quite natural. It's it it would it's just so weird to think I'm going to learn to be um, I'm going to learn to swim by standing outside the pool. I'm going to watch other people swimming. I'm going to make some movements, but you never dive into the water.
1: Right, and Cal. This leads into why we are strongly encouraging churches to have some weekly witness opportunity now someone heard street evangelism notice i didn't say that now it could be that it could Mm -hmm. be street evangelism but if you're in a smaller area that can't sustain the the foot traffic for that maybe it's a a coffee network i don't know what it is but the point is there's got to be a regular opportunity for you to get yourself on a on an obstacle course sitting with someone who knows how to drive to ask questions and learn and listen and watch. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have that, you have that for prayer, you have that for worship, you have that for, for Bible study, you've got that certainly for fellowship. Yeah. No churches have that option for evangelism. So it becomes purely theoretical. Right. So for us, this is why we we are, again, we so strongly encourage churches to think about an equipping evangelist in your own local church. Think about a a uh, a. Weekly witnessing opportunity that people could plug into to see an example, to ask the questions, to learn on the job, demonstrative discipleship. If you don't have that, I just, I'm deeply concerned you will never normalize the gospel. It'll never just become part of the culture of your church. And we all want that. Exactly. But how do you do that? That's important.
0: Well, I'm just encouraging everybody here that's listening, because we've kind of covered so many different uh, aspects. But this Gospel Reset Evangelism curriculum that uh, was filmed right here in Canada and available through uh, Answers in Genesis and also the Cross Current Ministry, uh, people need to get their hands on this curriculum. It's a four-part DVD set. It uh, systematically takes you through all of the things we've been discussing and more, um, and all based on the – well i mean when we say based on you and i read one of ken's books years ago why won't they listen why won't they listen and that impacted me and i don't know who gave it to who but anyway i remember us both reading it going man you know why aren't people listening and the conclusion of course is because we live in such a naturalistic uh world right now or or the way people have been taught about question number one where do we come from pawns come to people right Mm -hmm. so god doesn't exist science has disproven the bible that you know, no matter where people land on on that question, ultimately that that seed of of evolution and just not not taking the Bible as plainly written. Well, maybe God used evolution and all these things causing doubts. That's in our culture. It's Absolutely. in the church for
1: sure. It's been a Trojan horse, and I know you cut a video on that recently. Ex- Absolutely true. Exactly.
0: So you have to be
1: able to deal with that. And so this, this
0: book that Ken uh, released a couple of years ago now, Gospel Reset, it's just kind of a, a more compact version of, of that book. But it really re- reveals what you were saying at the first of this podcast, the difference between Acts 2 and Acts 17. We are in an Acts 17 culture right now here in Canada.
1: Yeah, why won't they listen? How how much truer is that now? I mean, Ken, pun intended, was ahead of the curve as he often is here. Absolutely. And so he released that resource. And, uh, and just to give a shout out to... To, to Ken for the book. I mean, uh why won't they listen was so impacting on me personally that it actually was the the tool that sort of uh, theologically and, and philosophically grounded our ministry right. our ministry is based on a pauline approach a paul approach to uh, evangelism as inspired by that original resource so yeah. the neat thing about this cal this has been in the field since 07 this is not like wow i wonder how this will go right email us and let's beta test this thing this has been going for years and years and yeah. so that's encouraging that it, we've seen it
0: made from. sense to, to name your curriculum gospel reset because it has its roots in these all of these concepts exactly you know the fact is you can't just run up to somebody and say, Hey, Jesus loves you. If they have no background as to what, like Jesus is a swear word to them yep. for, for a lot of people. So they have no concept that Jesus loves you. It's like, Oh, great, man. Cool. And they just carry on. It's, it's very much like that, that situation in act 17, where, where Paul preaches Christ crucified. And it's like, what is this babbler talking about? Exactly. So you have to set the groundwork and, and stuff. And that really comes into the whole question of, we've been talking about sharing the gospel, but the gospel starts in Genesis. Mm-hmm. Why do you need Jesus? Yep. What's Jesus saving us from? Where did sin come from in the first place? And so by disconnecting um, the, the gospel message in the New Testament from the gospel message in the Old Testament rooted in Genesis, where many Christian churches have been saying, ah, Genesis, that's not that important. You don't have to take it as plainly written. That has really hamstrung the uh the gospel outreach uh, of many people because you can no longer just use that approach to share the the whole gospel the entire gospel with a with a person who just doesn't believe that history
1: and cal i think what's also done humbly so is it's exposed the fact we haven't been faithful in gospel witness because if people say genesis isn't important they're probably not dialoguing about racism they're probably not dialoguing about the gender issues they're probably not dialoguing with the world, right. who is talking about those things? In terms of the common ground, I mean, Paul is Paul is obviously so brilliant, led by the Spirit. Paul goes into Mars Hill. Paul finds common ground on what we call image-bearing principles of all people. And so, what Paul does—it's so amazing—is he talks about things he knows they're concerned about. He ta- ta- talks about the Creator. Yeah. He talks about the meaning of life. He talks about death. He talks about all these things. So, a faithful evangelist will will find that conversational common ground Mm -hmm. those are the social issues right would i necessarily lead in with those depends on the context i would say if i've been if i've been sort of invited into that discussion maybe but in terms of what we're talking about you will probably kind of do what paul did paul sort of shared the whole story he shares jesus as uh, as lord and and the resurrection but we know that paul would continue to reason and and argue persuasively so i think the encouragement here would be when people have that meta narrative, when they understand your worldview, we move into sort of apologetic mode. And uh, in in our training, we would say apologetics is a lot like house building. You know, Jesus says, "Build your house on the rock." When storms come, um, a house wisely built will stand. A house foolishly built will fall. We know our house is wisely built on the Word of God. So. Uh, uh, an amicable apologetics conversation in our world kind of goes like this look i'll build my house i will i will answer your questions from the bible because mm-hmm. i'm a christian and i already told you i would do that i would invite you to answer the same question from wherever you believe and, and let's just yeah. discuss it that way and um but it does it does presuppose that we have genesis straight because that's where most of the questions start. Well, that's where all the cultural issues
0: you know marriage uh, sanctity of life identity issues, all of those things, e- e- race, right? The, the, the huge issue right now, uh, again, and, you know, I've said to so many people and it kind of makes them stop and think, yeah, I'm a biblical creationist. We we only came from two people, Adam and Eve. They're our forefathers uh, and, and our, our ultimate grandparents, so to speak. Um, you know, arguing about race or classifying people uh, according to the color of their skin to me is like classifying people according to. The color of their eyes Mm -hmm. or the color of their hair it's to me it's ridiculous because there's only one race we all come from two people and and you say that to people and they're kind of looking at you like oh yeah so yeah the whole idea of race that's based on the concept that there are multiple races that at least according to racists, they think that their race is superior to others or that there are superior races and less superior races. And you denigrate people because you think that one classification is better than, like that doesn't even exist in biblical crea- in, in creation. It doesn't exist in scripture. You cannot find that in scripture. Mm-hmm. It's an extra biblical idea. And that that's really freeing for a lot of people.
1: It is, Gal. And I think, I think it's important when we hear those arguments that we, we even can lean into uh, fairly recent history we look at we look at Martin, Martin Luther King Jr. and um, and the uh, the case he was building was an I am a man case. It was about mm-hmm. the fact that I'm an image bearer, you're an image bearer. Uh, that's that's where the foundational argument was rooted. It was right. it was the fact that we are created in the image of God. Yeah. So now we have a society that is that is you know, they're, they're standing at protests, they're doing all these things, but the foundation that they're standing on. Doesn't even sustain the argument, doesn't even sustain the sign they're holding. It doesn't. And so um, so I think what we're saying is Christians, my goodness, apologetics become super important for building your own house on the rock for Christian witness. You know, Proverbs 14.5 says something really important, Cal. It says, a faithful witness does not lie. A faithful witness does not lie. And that's fairly important because in order for me not to lie, conversely, tell the truth, I have to be clear on what that truth is proportionate to my surroundings. Yep. Do I not? I mean, I can only stand the test of the storm when my house is first wisely built. The Obviously, the story that Jesus is telling, it presupposes we get this fact. It's about It's about hearing and doing. And what he's saying is, is a house wisely built is built by someone who hears the word and does the word. And then our house stands strong. Right. What would it look like if I started, you know, pitching stones at someone else's foundation? Mine's not even st- stable yet. It doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, this leads me to a, uh, a comment <laughs> recently on our Facebook page, because I, I think uh, what you're getting at was the point that I, I summed up with. Um uh, one of our other, well, our other speaker here in Canada, Patricia Angler, had uh, shed a quote uh, and something to the effect of, you know, why important, uh, apologetics is important to be able to have an intellectual, you know, response and defense for the faith, etc. And, and so <laughs> I actually printed it out here and somebody responded. And said, well, the problem is that with this theory, however, is most people who are not believers are not going to believe a biblical worldview it makes rational sense. No matter how well it's explained to them, it even confuses some Christians. Uh, I was one of them at one point, and he went on to say, you know, that's really not our job. Um, it's just to plant the seed. Um, I see it this way. It's my job to provide the loaves and fishes. And afterwards, I surrender to God and feed the 5,000 with them. So I, I responded. Uh, this is a believer, obviously, and I wanted to point something out to them. I said, this isn't a theory. The theory of apologetics, you know, uh, an apologetic witness is not a theory. It's 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 a biblical mandate, as in First Peter three fifteen. You know, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always be prepared to uh, give a defense. That that's the apologia. That's, that's what Paul has said here to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And my my you know I, I quoted Second Corinthians ten five. We destroy arguments etc. Um, but my last sentence to to the gentleman was and apologetics is actually more important for the church than for the world because it keeps believers from error. Mm-hmm. So apologetics is not just so I've got a to- a list of really cool responses you know so that when when uh, somebody says something i'd boom you know let me just you know it, like this pugilistic type of, uh, of of situation apologetics is most important for the church i remember uh, brother joe boots saying that one day and just kind of pondering on that and saying yeah that's that's so
1: true i think some maybe some reason people think that uh, like this person here is because Because of the fact that apologetics has become so out of reach, its market space has sort of moved into the intellectual camps. And Mm. and, we think apologists, most people don't think of themselves when they think of apologists. Right. And uh, there's 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 actually um, I was just reading as you were as you were talking there, this is in the context of the gospel and gospel ministry. Says, therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. Obviously, God's word is the foundation, but by the open statement of the truth we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience that's the witness yeah in the sight of god i say that because i think we have to be mindful of the fact that we do all things in the sight of god that verse ends let light shine of darkness um it has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of god the ultimate aim of apologetics is the glory of god yeah
0: Exactly. And we should be reflecting what God says in his word, not coming up with, you know, positions that, well, the world says this, so now we're gonna change what to, well this could actually mean this and we see this all the
1: time. Absolutely, Cal. And I think I think what this person suffers from is is a is a, <laughs> you had before we, we press record, you would talk just about, you know, how how certain secular ideas have infiltrated the minds of Christians. I think this is a very horizontal approach to apologetics. Mm. It's sort of this thing, well, man versus man and they're unbelievers and unbelievers, but if we live life to the glory of God, if we have more of a vertical approach to the way we live life, apologetics is to the glory of God. We give answers because God is worthy. We give answers to point to Jesus, who is the answer. And the truth. Right. And the truth. And so, yeah, to me, it's a very short-sighted and really, unfortunately, unbiblical view of apologetics.
0: Well, that, that's what I, I wanted to bring back to, and that's why I quoted scripture. Because you know, if we were to uh, you know destroy arguments and, and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, obviously the story of evolution is one of the biggest sticks that you know naturalists use to try to disprove the validity of scripture. That's what the Answers in Genesis ministry is all about, and I actually uh, have a a really cool testimony here that we actually posted on our Facebook page and the 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 person said we, we sent out a survey and the, the person said thank you for bringing me to Christ and then they qualified while Christ saved me <laughs> mm-hmm. sure <laughs> answers in Genesis played a huge part in removing the personal roadblocks uh-huh. I
1: encountered right exactly what what the uh, second and, so, and, and what kind of gets up my grow a little bit when we we talk about evolution and people kind of think it's a side issue it, to me what what should really disrupt the heart of the christian what should really make us righteously angry is the fact that the way evolution makes god look what it's reflecting of mm-hmm. our beautiful creator and yeah. and how how terrible that yeah. picture of god because we've got to come to grips with the fact that if you if you even allow a theistic evolution view into that picture you're saying The God who is all-wise, all-beautiful, the God, um, when He says that He works all things for our good, He's a good and gracious and perfect God, you're saying this is the mechanism he used billions of years of death suffering and disease i just don't think people ever think of how does this impact the glory of god in the face of jesus christ and i i would hope that would that would motivate more christians to live life to the glory of god and a huge part of that uh, as christians is having those answers and those answers aren't just in a vacuum Mm -hmm. those answers are so we can we can declutter the cross we can we can give a more beautiful picture of of the king who died for us on the cross. It, it's, no, it's no small thing to say stuff like that. I've heard people say apologetics. There's no, there's no point in apologetics. The spirit grants repentance. Yeah, but we live life to the glory of God. He told us to give an answer. He told us to uh, to to glorify him in this way. Yep. To me, it would be like resisting some other aspect of my life that I don't want to do because I don't see the point. But he, he told me to do this. And clearly, he has a point in it. Yeah. Who am I? Well, and I can certainly speak to my own
0: uh, testimony that growing up, um, many times I, I just wouldn't even engage with Christians. They would want to invite me to Bible studies and all sorts of stuff in church, and I've I would ask them specific questions. Most of them came with, you know, oh, how do you get the animals on the ark? And what about dinosaurs and all these types of things? And when they wouldn't give me any kind of intellectual, like some of the responses were just so weak and and, and either they'd run away or they'd give me some compromise view. And and so it just didn't help uh, people at all. So anyway, our, our time's running short here, Corey, but I wanted to give you an, an, a quick opportunity to talk about uh, two things. Sure. The whole gospel health report that the Cross Current Ministry is currently doing in, with Canadian churches, and I'm assuming that if churches around the world reached out to you, uh, you'd, you'd sure. help them out with this. And then I want you to end up talking about The Equippling Evangelists, the, the new podcast you've got, uh, got coming out.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so we've been talking about gospel witness, and hopefully people are hearing swirlings of this fact that you don't just pull gospel witness out of a hat. Really, Christian witness is the expression of a whole bunch of things: worship, our understanding of apologetics, of of fellowship, of family, of the the gospel itself. So what we've done as a ministry team with uh, with other pastors, missionaries, evangelists, uh, a couple guys much smarter than me, is over the years we've been we've been developing this gospel health report. What is it? Basically. what what gospel health is is a term we use at the cross current to understand sort of a a church's collective well-being in critical categories that relate to gospel ministry right so churches want to be gospel healthy that makes sense it sounds nice how does that work well we actually now have a gospel health report what it is it's a simple um it's a simple uh, assessment tool that allows uh, churches to answer a series of, of of questions about doctrine and practice of those categories. Yeah. And it generates a personal and a unity report in your church to sort of give you some metrics, a bit of triage. How are we doing in these other areas right. like the gospel, evangelism, apologetics, spiritual gifts, leadership, prayer? How are we doing in these areas and what that enables us to do? Is just to see how we can help. It's 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 right. sort of like a again a triage tool. You go into the doctor. There's a few simple things that are done yep. in order to pinpoint different areas of specific. It's need. a
0: diagnostic. Yes, to see where you're you're doing very well and where you might want to do better in in different areas. And then you've got several tools that you can exactly. And
1: so uh, we're offering this totally free. We have developed this uh, with folks that just have a love for the Lord and, and a love for churches. And um and so this is totally free. If people go to God gospelhealthreport.com. There's an info instructional video. It'll it'll kind of point them in the right direction. Again, totally free for churches. So that that's sort of the first thing. Well, I definitely encourage people to check that out as yeah, soon as possible. Absolutely, it'll be hugely helpful for sure. And the Equipping Evangelist is just a it, it's a an intensely practical podcast uh, that uh, that we've launched uh, that really uh, allows me to pour into uh, other Christians and churches mm-hmm. by sharing my experience and really my expertise in this area of equipping evangelism of right. multiplying gospel ministry in and through the local church so it'll be a, a very uh, very punchy podcast very much to the point but yep. very practical and it'll help christians uh, envision how we can start to move the needle on christian witness uh, in both evangelism and apologetics
0: oh wow i think that's such a a great thing because you know people get the gospel reset evangelism curriculum they read that book gospel reset understand these principles and then can tune into is this a weekly podcast it'll be a weekly podcast wow yeah. and then yep. get uh kind of quick tips and updates and just yeah. uh, you know help flesh that out i think that's going to be a fantastic tool so cool well thanks again brother we will definitely have you back soon
1: and we'll be praying god bless you. Okay. Bye.